0: Welcome to Track Changes, the podcast of the Postlight Product Design Studio in New York City. My name is Paul Ford. Rich Ciotti. Yeah, great. Good. Good intro. Thanks. I'm trying to give you <sighs> contrast here. Trying to make this official, trying to level it up. Looking good. Oh, well, whatever. All right, look, <laughs> you and I are two old crabby men in the studio, but we're joined by two real media innovators today. Yes, we're going to be forward-looking today. This is it. It's not, it's not going to be about ye olden internet. Yeah, there's a running joke
1: that the show is sort of like the oldies of tech.
0: And people have, have literally written in and let us know that that's a yeah. problem with Hand-written the Handwritten letters yeah. <laughs> come in. We really appreciate that <laughs> feedback. Um, Rich, who's in the studio today?
1: Casey Lewis and Liza Darwin of Clover. What is Clover i'm not gonna I'm not gonna describe it I'm gonna let them describe because I have questions related to what it is and how it came to be, but do you have the one sentence for what is clover?
2: Well, it's funny that you're calling us new media because you can make the case that email newsletters are kind of old media
0: you know since there's two people, introduce yourselves
3: I'm Casey Lewis and I'm Liza Darwin
0: and you are of clover we yes,
3: are we clover are indeed. Mm-hmm.
0: clover Leather, which I understand, and I think there's a lot more going on, but I get it every day. I don't think I'm in your target demographic. Who is your target demographic? So,
2: our target demographic is a teenage girl, 13 to 22. So, we go a little bit higher, a little bit older. Mm. Gen Z, which is interesting because most people are so focused on millennials these days. Mm -hmm. Um, But, Gen Z
3: is the future.
0: Is that okay? What's the difference between Gen Z and millennials? So
3: Gen Z is usually anyone who's born up around like 1995 or later. So. Okay. Baby. Very young.
0: Sure. Okay. So they show up in 1995. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that they want to get, I'm guessing, is an email newsletter.
2: (laughs) That's exactly it. That's That's what we're banking on. Just
1: for context, what's millennial? Does anyone know?
2: So we're millennials. Mm. Which
1: is, do you
0: know the? the uh,
2: it goes deadline. up. To, I know it goes up to 30. It's like 82 on, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, is it that far back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was uh-huh.
0: later. And then there's like Straddle Generation, which is between millennial and Generation X. And then there's Generation X. I'm Straddle. You're Gen X. Are you really Straddle? <laughs> no, I'm sorry to say this. <laughs> is that it's, real? It's actually true. <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. All right. Yeah. that's um, another episode. <laughs> yeah. So wait. First of all, are generations real? Is this like a real thing?
3: I think so. Okay. But I think in some ways it could just be a state of mind. Like while we target these young people, we're not excluding anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like your newsletter. No, because it's very newsy. It comes across like every now and then they'll be like, Oh, I didn't know that was going on with the Trump campaign. Like it's uh-huh. a good newsy newsletter that happens to be focused on a demographic that most people would consider as like completely the opposite of me, but it's still like really good. Yeah. Have you been looking at it lately? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's really good. And it's, it's of a type of newsletter, which is sort of, Hey, I'm going to take care of sort of covering a lot of stuff for you and putting it into a conversational tone. The idea of having that is huge because of all the stuff that's f- swirling around. Um, yeah,
2: and teens weren't finding that anywhere else. Like, well, are they going to go to CNN.com? And CNN.com also has all this clickbait now because they right. have to get all this traffic. And right. so it's like, where does a teen look to be informed about the Trump campaign or about Planned Parenthood or about climate change?
1: You're making a particular assumption about teens. That, that they care.
2: That they that that want that to they know. That they care. Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I stopped by Disney... And what's the older Disney? There's like Disney and then there's Disney for like preteens. And the shows on there just make me real sad. I have very little kids and mm-hmm. they're going to be old enough to watch these shows. Have you ever seen these things? Sure. It's really terrible, actually. But I guess I shouldn't be making that assumption because I'm not 10. But it's a dumbed down world in a very dramatic way, right? Out. Yeah. So I guess you guys took a leap to an extent, right? So this sort of gets into how this all came together. Yeah. So, yeah. How did you guys meet, first of all?
2: So we met as interns in 2008. Okay, where um, were you working? I was at Teen Vogue. And I was at Elle Girl,
0: <laughs>
3: which is now defunct, unfortunately. Yeah, like um, most teen magazines.
2: So wait,
0: how did you meet physically then? Was so across we, the hall from each other?
3: We met through mutual friends in New York. Okay. And all of us sort of became just intern friends, and then we had stayed in touch over the years. Yeah.
0: And so you're both working at, at actually giant media companies that are like physically fairly close to each other, like less than a mile away. Yeah. But, so for listeners, like L would be inside of Hearst and, mm-hmm. and Teen Vogue would be inside of Condé Nast. So these are kind of dream jobby mm-hmm. jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. Yeah. How were those? I mean, what, when did you leave like that world?
2: So I was an internet Teen Vogue, went back to college, graduated, came to the city, worked at Teen Vogue, worked at a few other places in the middle, MTV, went back to Teen Vogue most recently and left in December. And it was really interesting to see a company like Condé Nast try to evolve as the internet was changing. Um, Because in the last six years, I mean, in the last decade, in the last, you know, it's changed so much. Mm -hmm. And in not necessarily the best way.
1: Sure. We see, I mean, we we see this all the time. Yeah, We exploit that inability to what? change quickly enough.
0: <laughs> it's hard for I mean that's their money is being made in ways that the internet does not make money. Instagram is an amazing visual explosion of culture all over the place and Conde has a specific way of making money from images that mm-hmm. doesn't align at all to the Instagram model and and also they don't control it, right? So so these are really tricky problems for a giant publishing companies.
2: Yeah, and also to see these giant publishing companies like try and like jump to Facebook like oh my god we've got to figure out Facebook and then was that that your
0: job as like the millennials in the office
2: yeah yes when I was an intern at Teen Vogue it was my job to update the MySpace page
0: Oh, wow. Okay. It really goes so, back. Yeah. But so you yeah. can
2: see how these publishing companies were jumping on, you know, whatever came up. So the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Snapchats, most recently, Twitter, and just so sort would, like, of- So like an
0: older person like run through the hall and be like, hey, get in here. I need to talk to you from, oh, everyone's nodding. This is uh-huh. amazing. So that really <laughs> happened. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they'd sit down, they'd be like, okay, kid, <laughs> listen, <laughs> my space is big now. Yeah. We need stuff there. Yeah. Wow. Okay, it was that bad.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're there and you're exposed to their agenda and how Mm -hmm. they think, what they think should be put forward to teens and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So keep going.
3: So I was freelancing and my most recent job was at Hearst helping them launch Sweet, which is their Snapchat Discover channel. Okay. So that was a totally different scenario than Casey because I was trying to launch this new media platform for like this older company. Mm -hmm. And so we basically were just at a bar one night in Brooklyn just discussing our days at work and basically just sort of talking about the state of the internet and how there's got to be a better way to get this information to teens that is so clearly lacking.
2: Because we were hitting them over the head with you know these celebrities like Kylie Jenner, and I feel like we always reference Kylie Jenner. It's sort of unfair to Kylie, but no offense, Kylie. But um, but she, you know, I don't think she's listening. Yeah, she's not too. She has nice. other she's things to okay, do.
0: We've been trying. But yeah, <laughs> we're fairly certain.
2: Maybe the next show. But you know, just hitting these teen girls over the heads with this very specific kind of content and kind of force feeding it and these meaningful stories that we grew up reading in the millions of teen magazines that used to be on newsstands that we could keep those issues and like kind of refer back to them they weren't anywhere you Mm -hmm. know they had just kind of disappeared from the internet and like teen people in 2000 they were reporting on election and politics and and real issues mm-hmm. and it's just nowhere now
0: so you had this very clear sense as teenagers yourself like you had learned about the larger world from the magazines that you were reading it's mm-hmm.
1: interesting to hear that teen people even did that i would not have guessed they even did that mm-hmm. i never opened to teen people but i had assumed it would just be gossip and you know boy it, bands it, it was always in there i didn't see i wouldn't yeah. have even guessed but that's that's interesting to know because then mm-hmm. you see the how it's devolved to today totally which is yeah what it is yeah. today
0: but isn't that everything too like i mean yes. all that that whole category really went like like everybody talks about the kardashians as as sort of like an evil thing but or not everybody like most people don't most people love them but like that whole <laughs> Kardashian, the whole kardashian like industrial complex strikes me as more like symptomatic of where everything has been headed for about 10 or 15 years yeah, yeah.
1: exactly i think that's right
3: And it used to be such a special experience as a girl going to your mailbox and getting that teen magazine and be like, what's going to be in this issue? Ripping out the pages. I kept all of mine, basically, like old issues of Teen Vogue and the... Girls today don't really have that experience,
0: and it felt like adulthood. Like, was that sort of what it was about? I was like, okay, yeah. this is how I'm going to grow up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember like being 13 and convincing my mom to let me buy an issue of Seventeen, sure. and you kind of like always like read up. But I'm from a small town in Missouri, and that's kind of it was really my ticket to like the outside world. As cheesy as that sounds, because the internet wasn't the internet you know, it didn't. No, you're a small and that's t- how I learned everything was from magazines. I didn't have a sister.
0: You're like, I'm going to go be an intern at a magazine. Yeah. So, like, you you did it. You yeah. did the thing. And, and now, where did you grow up?
3: I'm from Nashville.
0: Okay, wow.
3: And so, I mean, that there's a reason why we both ended up in New York, like doing this magazine thing. It's because we grew up obsessed.
0: Oh my so. goodness! All right, so so you're getting this portrait of like this very grown up, sophisticated, still like teenage girl, but sophisticated world. Mm-hmm. And you come to the city. You actually get to participate. You meet each other, and then. Along the way, you decide to do something new together.
3: Yes. And we had always had very similar career paths. Like I was at Nylon, then MTV, then back to Nylon, then freelance. And Casey, we both spent time at MTV. And so we had sort of gotten to experience these worlds and see like what works, what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And we'd always wanted to do something together. And we knew that it wasn't going to be a website. Yeah.
0: Why not a website?
2: Traffic. The traffic chase. (laughs)
0: Oh, this is good. This is good for the audience to hear. Yeah.
2: So we, I mean, there's a direct correlation between the pressure that you get from the top Mm -hmm. and the quality of the content Mm -hmm. and also the pace of the content and just kind of throwing up as much as you possibly can. You know, say that you're doing 15 stories and then suddenly you need to do 40 stories a day and then you have to do 70 just to keep those numbers growing. But Inevitably, something is going to fall.
0: You know, so in in an interesting way, what you're describing here is the same thing that happened to the whole category of teen magazines over 15 years happens in an accelerated fashion with websites for big magazine brands where it's like we need more velocity to hit our numbers, do more Kardashian, do more whatever is going to get people to click. Which results in a dilution of
1: what you're producing every hour or every half hour or whatever it may be. Well, it's a
0: brutal cycle, right? It's why everybody eventually goes and like there's a reset and and Josh Topolsky is a friend of ours and he's doing a thing called The Outline that's supposed to be for like, essentially like a smarter publication online, right? And it's going to obviously have to set smaller audience goals than Mm -hmm. a national magazine. Mm -hmm. A big part of the, uh, I was just reading recently, Ev
1: Williams talking about the vision behind Medium and a big part of the Medium vision was to, not measure against really those two metrics of visits and unique visitors, but actually to measure against impact on the network, Mm -hmm. which is a very different... Metric to pull off, and one that actually a a piece can heat up three months later Mm -hmm. because someone picks it up or responds to it or whatever it may be.
0: It's very that's very abstract, right there. That's hard for advertisers to understand. Like it's not totally like Kirsten Conde and and, and nobody, nobody can really like be like, hey guys, network effect is really strong today. You might want to get in with some good ads. Yeah, I mean, the only reason Medium is able to do it is because
1: they have the resources and the energy take their time and actually explore this
0: new way of measuring what success is well, you know the tough part there too is that all the media companies actually have that sense and they mm-hmm. try to do these efforts like I, i'm sure you guys have been around them too where it's mm-hmm. just like the big like we're going to do it right this time and then yeah. like six months in they're yeah. like actually we have to do it completely so wrong because you have to make money <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's right.
2: yeah
1: it's interesting that you you made this call right out of the gate you didn't even fumble into web and say, wow, this isn't working. Let's try something. You just didn't even give it a shot. You had already seen the pain.
3: We were very much like, we are going to sidestep this traffic pressure. Okay. And how are we going to do it? We don't know. And then that's when we were like, I mean, we both are fans of the skim and Lenny and, and Friedman's newsletter, which is targeted to more of like a slightly older demo. And sure. daily, daily daily Candy, Candy was like yeah. the original mm-hmm. And so we sort of looked at each other and we're like, why isn't anything like this for teens? Mm -hmm. And then everyone
2: said, because teens don't read email. Uh,
1: And so... This was my next question. We have this down right here. (laughs) I have heard, and again, this is through like cousins who have friends who are younger or nephews and nieces saying, I don't have an email address.
2: Well, you have to have an email address in order to have Facebook or Snapchat or Twitter or any of these. True. So we knew that. And but we let also, me let me push back. Yeah.
1: They have that. Yeah. Because they needed to get on Facebook and Snapchat. Yeah. But they're not checking their email.
3: They are now. <laughs>
2: they are. So this is, I want to be corrected yeah. on this. So
1: are they using email?
3: They are. But they're using it in a way that is different than the way that we're using it. Like, we're so used to being bombarded with a billion emails a day. It's just how life is. And for these teens, they're not used to seeing it in that way. Like, they're not going to respond to their dad via email or whoever. But if it's a brand or if it's a publication, that's what they're going to respond to. And that's what we found with our readers. It's It's a
0: publishing medium for them. Mm -hmm.
3: It's like a content platform as opposed to purely communication or something.
2: And they're opening
1: it? They're going in and seeing their daily coupons from something or tips from something else. That's what they're seeing in email?
2: Yeah. And we're also trying to change their behavior and have them opening it every day at 7 a.m., right like because it is always
0: right there yeah Yeah, it's good yeah
2: and i mean they are it's extremely loyal audience but but we had this idea and before we quit our jobs to try this idea we realized that we would have to make sure that they were opening email and so we direct message dm'd hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of girls on instagram we've just found teen girls sent them direct messages saying like, hey, we're these editors. We want to start this thing. Email us if you're interested. Email us if you think this sounds cool. And we had this insane response. They so didn't like, think
3: it was creepy or anything, <laughs> which is
2: what we are worried about. Yeah, of course. I'm
1: surprised of course. we were allowed to do that.
2: DM. I mean, we live and die by Instagram DMs. That's how we yeah. get.
1: Interested. Yeah. Maybe this we should note this as a marketing tactic for post life, by the way. (laughs) Listen. DMing people on Instagram. I kind of want to, I I almost want to like stop the
0: interview and just go away and think for a minute. Like, I learned like five new things in the last two seconds. It's so Um, true. Okay, so you guys are doing this, you're getting this good feedback. You're like, okay, I think we have a business here. What was the threshold where you were both like, we're going to quit our jobs?
3: There was no threshold. It was very shortly <laughs> after. Like, we didn't even have a conversation about, like, how much money do you have saved up or anything? We were just like, all right, we're out, like, right before Christmas break. Whoa. We were just like, okay. And we filed for an LLC, like, right mm-hmm. before we went out of town. Yeah. And then
2: came back after the holidays. But one thing, it's it's not as brave as, as you would think because we've done freelance in the past. So we knew that we sort of had this thing to fall back on.
0: Yeah.
2: It's not like we had nothing to lose. But, it's but you've experienced your yeah.
0: connections. You've both worked at lots of like, you're you're pretty senior at this point. Yeah, right? you, like could, I mean, yeah. you could go yeah. get work. Yeah. The point was,
1: if this doesn't pan out, we yeah. could go get work. But w- That's how I rationalize everything. Yeah. yeah. We always yeah. go get jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: But we believed in it so much. It was like, we have to try this. Like, we believe that mm-hmm. teen girls want to know this stuff. We believe that they deserve more. And it's sort of like everyone thinks that teen girls just care about Snapchat mm-hmm. or just care about like taking selfies of themselves Mm -hmm. and we had this theory that that just wasn't true and we wanted to prove it
3: and it felt like the right time like it's an election year big things are happening in the world people should know about
0: them it's true and also i mean if this election year in particular like young women are like their future is kind of on the table so it's if they're at all aware they're going to want more information exactly okay so for those that don't know what clover letter
1: is we started the show with asking that question and then we sort of (laughs) went into this world. What is it? What is in that newsletter? Like what is, what drives it?
2: So each day we pick five news stories and we have an insane Feedly that we just kind of go through. We put all the stories we think would impact a teen girl. Tell
0: people what Feedly is. They won't It's, the, Feedly is awesome. Yeah, but. Let's plug Feedly. I for a still moment. miss Google Reader. We all do. I still do. miss it. But Feedly a is button. a
2: good alternative. Um, but it's like just the greatest RSS reader out there. Okay. Yeah. RSS, is it Reader? Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Um, but so we we put all these things. You just stories,
1: warmed our, I'm just going to interrupt you. You just warmed our hearts yeah. by saying that's the best RSS. We thought. Wow, that's the death of the Telegraph when Google Reader went away, and no one else would ever be interested in RSS readers, especially under the age of thirty. <laughs> no, I know. You know? Let, let's get
0: let's get Clover defined. Hold on.
2: So, so we we throw. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're not allowed to talk okay. about all right, 'cause because that, that's that's we'll talk about that in Get the next in the next two hour segment. We'll talk about RSS. <laughs> we'll talk
1: about Phoebe. Uh, so you pick five yes. stories that
2: so it's it's gotta be a news story that has some sort of direct impact on a teenage girl. I mean, that could be something as big as ISIS because a girl needs to be informed about ISIS. Sure. Girls Mm -hmm. are joining ISIS in America. Like it's happening. Right. That's sort of our like test is like, does this affect her? Is this something that she needs to be informed about? Um, So we narrow down to those five stories. So we, we write about them in less than a hundred words. Mm-hmm. and it's just conversational, and we throw in pop culture references, but don't dumb it down.
0: It's not light. I mean, it's yeah. actually, like, it's it's not, like, frolicsome silliness. No. It's, it's written very directly, yeah.
2: And we, at, at one point, we're kind of like, are we going too hard on this news? So we did a, like, a reader survey, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, no, this is perfect. This is what we need. So we're like, okay, well... But so it's, it's this news, and then we also do a feature each day. It could be anything from today was an interview with this amazing sports doctor slash female NFL coach Mm -hmm. about the importance of sports basically. Um, and the impact that it has on your self confidence and just, you know, but so it's, it's something that necessarily wouldn't, be the clickiest on Facebook sure. or, you know, if it was on BuzzFeed, like people aren't going to be clicking that in droves. Well, but... we're back
0: to the issue of velocity, right? Like there's yeah. just so much stuff. Yeah. So this is very much like my daily clover.
2: Yes. And we do poetry. Girls submit poetry. They submit essays. It's it's really like a YM issue from 1990. Like,
0: And you're, you're sort of above the fold. Art tends to be an Instagram shot, yes. right? Yes,
3: exactly. Yes. So it's a mix of social media, hard news and features. So we incorporate Instagram in our art. Every day we feature a girl as like our daily clover. And then we tell her that she's going to be featured, ask her permission. She'll re-promote us. We'll tag people at the bottom. So it's sort of helped us build like this grassroots organic effort.
0: I love it because it's all kinds of girls, all kinds of bodies, it's, you know, occasionally like I'm like, wow, teens are doing goth. That's crazy. Like I'm, all, I'm like, whoa, goth, is, goth survived. Back. And then there's also a thing I want to ask you guys, which is you have a very strong emoji game in your subject. <laughs> Does that, is that like strategic?
3: It is.
0: So I should clarify for the listener, there is an emoji in like every subject line and it really pops out of the, the subject listing in the email.
3: We think very closely about what emojis <laughs> to use, actually. Yeah. But when we first realized that MailChimp could do emojis, we're like, okay, this is game changer. <laughs> and so we started doing it.
2: Yeah. But it's funny because I have an iPhone and Liza has an Android. So we have to like make sure the emojis like look right on both of our phones. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Got to appeal to both. Mm-hmm. So you guys
0: aren't perfectly in accord <laughs> on everything. Little... Oh, no. Is it just the two of you, by the way?
2: Yes, it is. You're not
0: getting any help yet?
2: No. No. Okay. No.
0: Okay. So MailChimp is your core kind of platform, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you compile this stuff maybe in like a Google Doc or write in MailChimp. What do you do?
3: We write the news in the Google Doc and then okay. we put it into MailChimp.
0: Okay, so that's your collaborative tool. You're mm-hmm. kind of living in Google Docs all day while you're doing it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty much what you do all day, right?
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. And yes. then we also have an app component now. That's right. So a couple weeks ago we launched an app with this company download. Mm-hmm. It's very much like Squarespace for apps. We just throw our content in there. We talk to app developers. We talk talk to you guys. Yeah, no, that's how we met Um, you guys. We we came in and talked about that. And we thought, okay, we can't put all this money into this without knowing, you know, what if 200 people download it and we put $200,000 into this? Mm -hmm. So download is like the price of it's like $30 yeah. a month maybe okay. less yeah and we launched it 3 weeks ago and somehow the app store featured us oh that's great which we don't that's know awesome. it was like a fairy godmother put it there and it helped downloads <laughs> s- often how
1: people describe the app
2: store
3: <laughs> 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 um but the yeah Lord above. and the app was like it started out as just an experiment because mm. i mean again like it's a risky move when there are so many apps in the app store but now that we know that people actually are responding to it and sharing it and downloading it. And we have a discussion board on the app that blows up all day. Mm -hmm.
0: That's That's great. The way we all met is you guys came by to have a conversation about us building something. And we were basically... The way I remember it, you might remember it differently, is we were just like, yeah, we're going to be too complicated and too expensive. Like, we just do a different kind of thing, but you guys should just go out and find like the cheapest, simplest solution. Mm -hmm. And other people had been coming to you and saying, like, you need like machine learning and to do all this crazy Mm -hmm. stuff. And it it just struck me as completely ridiculous. Like, you needed a way to just put your newsletter into an app. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, So, download was the right tool yes okay yes and you'd recommend that for people who want to sort of try this kind of thing
2: yeah i think it's good to test it out okay yeah it's, it's, it was a good
3: experiment it so, is a good experiment
0: so this is the alpha version of your app essentially
3: it basically confirmed that we want to perhaps build out a bigger app especially playing on this whole community aspect of clover sure
1: so, okay so has the app eclipsed email
2: yes Whoa. wow yeah
1: wow and that's what two weeks ago
2: about three yeah. weeks, yeah. yeah. Three weeks ago. Uh-huh. And
1: you'd been out on as a newsletter for how long?
2: Since February, so five, six months. Wow. Yeah. Wow,
1: that tells the story, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's okay. interesting
2: because everyone's like the death of apps. Yeah. Um, well, what, the fairy
0: what, godmother showed up <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. There, there's two things I just... I mean, what I love here actually is that these are all these... Every medium that everyone has pointed to and said, that's over, this yeah. is the future. There's <laughs> a lot of dying in our industry, yeah. generally. Yeah. Things yeah. die and... Yeah resurrect all
1: the time well like
3: podcasts
1: yeah right podcasts are supposed to be dead
0: yeah Yeah. it's true they had a 10-year death and now now you (laughs) can't be without are you
1: on android
3: uh coming soon okay Okay. does download
1: the service have android support they do
3: it's just a bit delayed i see but in terms of um, our newsletter is still growing Mm -hmm. our newsletter is still growing our open rate is still great and so It just sort of gives another option for people. Got it. But also we've been
2: strictly word of mouth for this six months Mm -hmm. and now we're fundraising. So
0: how, how big is this platform? I don't know how, how comfortable you are talking about numbers.
2: So we have 30,000. Okay. So 30,000 readers Uh after about six months. Yeah.
0: And then talk a little bit about engagement. Like how do people react to the platform? How do the teenage girls get involved?
2: So the beauty of email is that they hit reply and we get the email directly. It's founders at Clover Letter. So these girls are emailing us every day,
0: and they'll all send you, day. Like, they'll send you poems and they'll send you they'll stuff.
2: They'll send us questions. They'll send us lots and of just stuff. random feedback. Yeah, they a want our advice. Feedback. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a real like ongoing dialogue. Good or bad? Great. Good. But it it's is. just, it's, it's almost like a full-time job. It's you know? a lot. I mean, yeah.
0: and teenagers in general are just like ready to reach out.
2: Yeah. But it shapes our content. You know, Mm -hmm. they'll ask us a question and we'll turn it into a piece or they'll, you know, submit essays, really smart essays. So it really has shaped our content in a way we didn't really foresee.
3: And no one wants to be more involved than a teen girl. They just want to be involved in everything. So that's how we had to start an ambassador program was that these girls would be like, can I help you with this? Can I help you with this? Like, let me know what I can do. And we decided to finally just like formalize it. So now we have about 300 ambassadors who basically are our free mouthpieces. They shape the brand. They shape the content.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Well, and and they get a sense of what it's like to really do this work. Yeah. I I remember this with my niece. She was told she wasn't allowed to start any more clubs. Like it was just like (laughs) she was like 17 or 16 and it was like no more. You have to like this is a way to capture that energy and let Mm -hmm. them be part of something.
2: And we also have a private Facebook group for all of these girls that's sort of like a safe space where Mm -hmm. they just talk all day and, uh, you know, like I'm starting school in a couple of weeks and I'm really nervous about it. And then these girls will just like friend each other and like chime in. They'll also follow each other on Instagram. Like it's really turned into a community that we also didn't foresee happening.
0: Do you think they know each other in person in like their like their high schools or are they? No. Okay.
2: They're all over america and the world really we
3: have readers in south korea we have yeah. re- readers in like scotland everywhere some girl has been living on a boat with her family for the last five years mm-hmm. and she found out about clover
1: That's like, really how did cool. that
3: happen via instagram sure so it's crazy
1: do you push the stories out onto facebook as discrete units like no no Just mm-hmm. interesting do you put anything anywhere else twitter do you tweet we do we lightly
2: tweet, but we found that Twitter mostly is important for media or like our friends and less so for teens. Mm. Teens aren't super active on Twitter anymore. Mm. It's mostly Instagram. So why
1: not again, don't I'm not framing this as a as a why don't you do this, go do this. But one of your five stories a day goes out on Facebook as a way to sort of like promote the platform.
2: So do you mean like a as a Facebook instant article or just Just a a post. Yeah. Because there's no
0: real website for Clover content, right? No. There's no... no, Mm -mm. It's just
3: the app and the newsletter. I mean, our thinking was mostly that we want these articles to just be a resource and make them super searchable. And we have this private Facebook group, but we tested out a couple of different platforms. We posted them on Instagram, on Tumblr, on Medium. And we decided... We did a poll with all of our readers and they wanted an app, so... They wanted an app. It's
0: interesting how often direct feedback comes into your strategy. That seems to just be the baseline for you to make decisions as you go and you get data.
2: Yeah. And that's one of the things is like when we worked at these big publishing houses, you didn't have that direct dialogue. Teens didn't feel comfortable just like emailing me when I was an editor at Teen Vogue and saying, can I write about this thing?
0: Yeah. You know? No, I totally yeah, get that. What is that? Either? Yeah. It's like it's the ether, right? Well, I yeah. think that people, people in big media orgs are very territorial about data, right? And direct access, and, and they don't want to like spread it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how is your your understanding of the global young woman teenager changed since you started this?
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it's basically reaffirmed everything that we had hoped. Great. Which is that. I mean, teen girls are passionate, they want to be informed, they're smart, and they care about stuff other than the clickbait that they see on Facebook all day. And they're also very supportive of each other. So as opposed to, like, we promote a girl and we try to empower her by putting her on Clover, and then people are like, this is amazing, she's so cool, I want to follow her, as opposed to being like, oh, that dress is from last year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just been entirely faith restoring for us.
0: How do you deal with the emotional stress of 30,000 teenagers looking to the you barrage. For, for leadership?
2: Mm. Well, when you put it like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think we have time. To- we haven't had time to like sit back and reflect on that. You just keep making um, the newsletter. Yeah. Is it yeah. seven days a week? It's five yeah. th- a week. Yeah.
0: Give them a break. But a, <laughs> fair. Yeah.
3: And I mean, because there are two of us, we say all the time, we could not have done this alone because the emotional just stress of it all. Your highest days are so high and your lowest days are very low Mm -hmm. because you're so tied up in what you're doing. Yeah. And also when you're covering
2: things like Trump and Planned Parenthood and some of these touchier issues, you get some emails that are just really terrible feedback from People who love Trump, you know, and it's really hard for us to like kind of take those emails to heart without Mm -hmm. really letting them, you know, bring us down or like change our POV. It's very Um, tough. So it's good that we have each other (laughs) for that because we're not thick skinned
0: yet. Mm -hmm. So this is a business. Yeah. How does money come into all of this?
3: So we we wanted to focus on building our brand first before Mm -hmm. we even talked about advertising or anything like that, monetizing it. But our first month, we did team up with the brand Dove. They approached us and they were our first advertiser. And we basically wanted to do it because we agreed with their message. Mm-hmm. And it was about body confidence tied to spring break. And that was something that we had already planned on doing. So we're trying to incorporate branded editorial content in smart ways that is not obvious. I don't know. We, we both have worked at bad Places that do it in not the best way. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a way to do that smart and creative.
0: So what did Dove give you? Not in terms of money, but first. But in in terms of like they sent you a banner or they sent you some copy or what did they send you?
2: So they did like a study tied to body confidence, Mm -hmm. tied to this campaign. We talked to one of their experts for a story about self-esteem. It was a week-long series. We did like an essay from a plus-size model. We did something about... Like Uh, a
3: history of the bikini. Yeah. It's for everyone.
2: Yeah. But so just at the very bottom, it said, This was brought to you by our pals at Dove.
0: Okay. So deep, but but very relevant. Content. Yeah. And very relevant to your audience and your goals.
2: Yes. They did not write it, they didn't, didn't have any say.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they just gave you, like, here's some stuff.
2: Yeah. Because these brands really want to talk to teens and teens have ad blockers. They're blind to, the, to those ads. Um, teens
0: don't care about brands. No. Interesting. What brands do they care well,
2: about? Well, they don't care about advertisement. I okay. think they do deeply care about brands that have good messages.
1: And so it's just how the brand insinuates itself to what can appear to be the more authentic conversation, right? Yes. Whether it be a celebrity wearing a particular shoe or a story. A story, yeah. Like I, I saw recently a 20-minute vice piece and it was about a rock climber and very subtly i found out like 18 minutes in that north face was mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. and there was no ad that, like he wore a, the jacket but mm-hmm. that was about it you couldn't really tell that north face was really behind it but mm-hmm. it's, qu- it's quite subtle but meaningful the association is very powerful coming out of it so
2: yeah and it's almost like brands are realizing that they could do these more elevated approaches to yeah, to yeah, it yeah. and I think I think the BuzzFeeds of the world kind of helped in some ways because they do Innovate on it, yeah. yeah
0: when they set up the idea that there could be a partnership that was meaningful but that you'd you trust the content provider; they would clearly flag it as branded editorial. Exactly. And mm-hmm. At the same time, that they might have a better sense of the audience than you would just putting a banner ad on the page mm-hmm. as a brand, as a as a big ad agency or a media buyer. Exactly,
3: okay. and it's less about the particular product and more about the messaging that they want to get across. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, so. But that's currently the business model for Clover. Is that? Yes. Okay. Um
2: But then there's a lot of different avenues that we are thinking about. Mm -hmm. But so, so we had that deal with Dove and then we did another one with Penguin Books. They are sponsoring um, this monthly book club that we're doing, Mm -hmm. which is actually really great. And
0: you'd be interested in that anyway. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, YA
2: (laughs) is so huge. Yeah. Yeah. But so we sort of backed off of talking to brands, both because we just haven't had time with doing fundraising on top mm-hmm. of that, because that's almost like a full-time job. It's really hard to go to investor meetings for half the day and then be like, oh, we actually have to write this entire newsletter. Right. So we, yeah, we've kind of scaled back a bit.
0: So you're going, you're planning to grow, I'm assuming, which is why you're talking to investors. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we
2: want to grow before the election. Okay. Yeah. So that's why we're doing, I mean, we could do this slow and steady organic word of mouth for years Mm -hmm. but with the elections it's kind of
1: so if you don't mind us asking how is the fundraising going and talk about the experience a little bit
2: so
3: it's been it's been a learning experience (laughs) i I, this is our first company of course and we try to be as informed as we possibly can we ask everyone's advice almost to a fault i would say just because we take it such to heart and it got to the point where we almost felt like we had whiplash because one person would be like, go to VCs, get all the money you can. And then someone else would be like, whatever you do, don't go to VCs. <laughs> and we read everything. We listened to everything. And we finally tried going the VC route and decided quickly that wasn't for us right now. We haven't spent any money really at yeah. this point. And so it seems a bit like too early, early? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're just going with a couple of strategic angels. And we're going to
2: close probably by the end of the month. Okay, so So
1: simpler, more straightforward, early investment. Yes, to see what we can
2: do with it. Got it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, so meeting with some of these VCs and going to these meetings with these finance guys who are, you know... Don't know media or the teen audience at all was not great. Sure, and like us walking into some of these meetings, you know, we're like bubbly media girls
1: who like, and then the finance y- guys. Yeah,
2: are yeah, <laughs> and, but but they're they're like teens. Oh, no. Teens don't care about anything. Oh, yeah, we, we had some yeah, people. They're...
0: Well, plus you don't have ten million readers. You yes. Have 30, yeah. And yeah. yeah.
2: And we had some people like tell us straight up that they don't like investing in in female founded companies. Uh, it's like, yeah. yes, yeah. We, had, uh, yeah.
0: we had a guest, Julie Pimsler, who is, um, she wrote a book about that. I mean, she, she tried to do, um, what was her, her number? It was like 4% of VC-funded companies are run by women. Run by it's women. just a very yeah. sexist, screwed yeah, up space. It's called A Million
1: Dollar Woman. It, it, what she focuses on wasn't really even just the funding. It was to even raise that much like the people were gave, giving out seed rounds of a couple hundred grand, but then it was the next leap.
0: To get to the million, to, yeah, to scale was, out. it was
1: just this steep, steep
0: hill. And the irony here is that you guys have an incredibly data-driven, focused approach that's quite disciplined, and you have a very strategic way of engaging with brands and thinking through all of that. So it's like, in terms of your average media pitch, you're quite further along than, almost, than most people I talk to. But I guess, so that, yeah. that didn't work.
1: Yeah. And have you thought about going back... To the big media companies for funding.
2: So, no,
3: not right now. Yes. <laughs>
1: Whoa, That was half
0: yeah. pause. Yeah, that was. That was like a whole indie film just played out in in their eye contact. <laughs> okay. These are. I mean, look. This is worth. This is worth discussing, right? Like a lot of. We're putting you on the spot. These are very complex relationships that you have over the course of sure. your career, and like. You get it, you get like an internalized version of the media industry and you kind of sit there and you're like, they're going to be angry if I do that. They're going to be like.
2: Yeah. But you also see some of these companies, I I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but you see companies like Hello Giggles who who Time Inc. buys and then they change it completely. And it's sort of like, I don't know, like it's like depending on the moves you make, we would have to, succumb to the clickbait right like so
0: you have something that you feel is like successful on its own terms right now and you want to grow it on those terms
3: yes exactly and we i mean we're only two people so we're Mm. super nimble if we want to change something we're like all right let's change it let's try it and if we go to a big media company we know the first thing that they're going to do is give us a website yeah Inject and,
0: their whole well, vision
1: of and
3: what, not, what you should be.
0: Exactly. And have a, you're going to have a series of lengthy sales meetings about the strategy for the next 18 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay.
3: websites aren't the worst, but it's just not what we want to focus on.
0: No, fair.
3: Also, there's no direct traffic
2: to teen websites anymore. No direct traffic. It just it's direct. just Facebook.
0: Yeah. this. May, I mean, this is like the old story about the BuzzFeed homepage, which yeah. is nobody's seen it. Yeah. Right? like it, It's just... They publish to the web so that it can flow through social.
3: Yeah, exactly. And it dilutes brand loyalty to a degree that, I mean, you don't even know what site you're reading now.
0: So you have a good open rate. Young women open this thing up every morning. Do they, do they read it in the morning when it comes?
2: They do. And we were actually really nervous in May, like thinking about school ending, summer, summer camp, mm-hmm. what's going to happen. But it, it, we didn't see any
3: really impact. Okay. Um, but we're hoping for a push (laughs) back back to to school school time (laughs) yeah yeah it it was very reassuring to know that not only do teens read email they read it every day which has been hugely helpful
0: and what are you going to when you you're getting some money in the door and you have some plans like what's going to grow
3: so
2: one of our big things that we want to do is events because we these girls have really formed a community and we want to be on the ground with them And no one is doing events for teens in a cool way. Um, You could do like a lame school event, but, you know, it's, it's clubs or, you know, extracurriculars.
3: So we want to do that. We want to maybe expand into video in the future. We're sort of thinking lightly now, but you don't even have to spend tons of money. But these girls have such cool stories and they're from all over the world. And we want to put a camera in front of some of their faces and sure. see what happens.
2: They're real girls. And it's good for other girls to see these real girls who are not on a reality show or who aren't Instagram celebrities, you like know,
3: filtering a billion times or something. Yeah.
0: So let me ask you the hardest question possible, which is that how will that scale? Like this community seems like it can, everyone can talk to each other. How will you scale that out?
2: So there's 34 million Gen Z girls. Okay. And we feel like we're sort of the every girl. Mm -hmm. So we just want to get in front of all of them Mm -hmm. and go from, you know, email, newsletter, app. We want to be everywhere they are. They're not on websites. Which is on their phone, basically. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So you're building a platform for them. You just want to say hi, basically. And it sounds like you've almost let them find each other. Yes. We're giving them a platform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you build something, trust them to take it from there.
3: They write for us. They give us feedback. And just having a say, I think that is so special for them. To yeah. Be like, oh, I can actually do what I want on the school thing.
0: So, if people wanted to get in touch with you, what should they do?
3: They should email us I'm at like... founders at cloverletter <laughs> they'll,
0: they'll get you both. <laughs> and are you looking for people to help you to hire? Or are you looking for?
2: So right now, in terms of funding, we're we're aware of what we need. So mm-hmm. we need. We're looking for strategic investors because we are not tech people. Mm-hmm. And we aren't business people. So we're wanting to make sure that we can bring on people. We're not just looking for any money. We want money that, you know, we want expertise behind it. And then beyond that, we will need tech help, likely in the form of an app. And, you know, if we do these videos and if we do different things like that. Because you want to build
0: out this platform as like a single experience.
2: Exactly. And currently our moms still copy edit every okay. day so we're <laughs> it would be nice to have a yeah another one it would be nice for them as well <laughs> that's yeah. the
0: greatest yeah. thing i've it's ever heard best
1: yeah. excuse to raise money yeah like that. exactly that is so good. yeah that actually is yeah like.
0: our <laughs> poor mom i know um, they say
2: they like it but yeah it's mm. funny but we don't need to hire you know another writer we don't need to hire many people we just need like another person on deck
0: well to build the to business like yes. you need to build the business okay yes. Well, um, I have to go away and think all of this through, Rich. <laughs> you need time. You need a lot of time. I, this is a great framing. Here, here are the things that I'm taking away from this. First of all, Clover is great. It's really fun and it's really lively. The fact that it's driven by data and audience feedback should like, give everyone in publishing a pause. Because that's the great fear of every journalist and editor, that data and audience feedback will ruin your product. This is is a materially better product than like any young woman's publication out there right now. Yeah, I mean, what's
1: impressive here is that there was a basic premise that you guys believed in, and you come from more or less the content side of things, but you've become product people, and you're building product. And platform people. And platform people. And the fact that there isn't sort of this wall between the content side and the product side is what I think, that's sort of the secret sauce for this and any other effort where a lot of times you have to walk over to the product guy with the clipboard who's going to take some notes about what you think should happen and then they're going to tell you what they can't do because of limitations and whatnot and you guys it's pretty organic the way it's come together and it's impressive so it's really cool what's well,
0: also just the the example i see here is like you came to us you were like hey we need to build an app we're like we're going to be expensive those other people seem to be kind of giving yeah. you a lot of stuff that you're, you don't need and you're like, all right, we're going to spend 30 bucks a month. <laughs> we're gonna <get> this stuff. <laughs> so like, people should subscribe to the Clover Letter. Yep. I feel that that's, that's a baseline and uh, we really appreciate you coming in and talking to us. This was yep. great. Uh, let's end it with a yes, no question. Do teenage boys need this?
2: Yes.
1: Whoa. There yeah. you go. You're not. Yeah. We have, yes. <laughs> we have been Why asked that not... question
3: a lot and people have asked us if we will make one. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
1: cool. Well, thank you, guys. This thank was great. You. And thank good you. Thank so much. Thank you, guys. It.
0: Well, Rich, I like seeing people who have a plan.
1: Not only have a they plan, they're instinct. That's yeah. the difference. Uh, in my head, I, I would have like filed away 12 bullets. of like, wow, that was wrong. Oh, I know. And this was wrong, and that was wrong. But they're doing it right, and they're asking a lot of questions. Well, if
0: you'd come to me and said, I'm going to build my platform on top of an email newsletter, I would have been like, hmm. Yeah. No, so, oh, I mean the in, the, they learned a lot, and they took what they learned, and, and
1: uh, they're product people. That's the yeah, part of this. editors who this is product people.
0: They're editors who are considering an overall platform mm-hmm. and the the products that they're going to ship on top of it. Yep. So Casey Lewis and Liza Darwin were from Clover. Uh, we're very grateful you came in. Thank you. And we are. I'm Paul Ford, Rich Diotti. and we're uh, the co-founders of Postlight, which is a product studio in New York City. We build your apps and your websites and your platforms and all that stuff before we leave if you want to give us a good rating on itunes that's good if you want to send us an email contact at postlight.com and really anything you need just let us know
1: thanks guys bye everybody